welcome to episode number four of Raising Wild, the Heart and Soul of Mother and Child. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm going to give you a heads up that today's topic is very heavy. It's a topic that definitely needs to be talked about more within the motherhood community. And I think it's starting to. I think it's starting to get a lot more attention globally, especially because there are more people within the media that are struggling with it and they're advocating for it. You may be wondering, well, what is this topic that you're talking about? It's postpartum depression and anxiety. So today I'm going to be sharing my story with postpartum depression and how my second pregnancy led to a different kind of struggle, and that was Demer. And it's a form of anxiety. It's something that I'm going to expand on in just a little bit, but it's different from postpartum depression. I want to explain how two pregnancies can be very different and can lead to very different hormonal imbalances and give you an honest picture of what life was like for me to have postpartum depression with Jackson and then Demer with Luca. I think it's very important for me to start out with a disclaimer though. I am not a medical professional. All of the information that I am providing today on this podcast has personally helped me within my postpartum depression and my Demer journey. I encourage you to work with your doctors or medical professionals if you are struggling. If you or a loved one are struggling with suicidal thoughts, please know that there is help. I encourage you to call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. There's always someone available to talk 24-7. You are so loved and your mental and emotional health matter. It's nothing to be ashamed about or embarrassed about. It's an imbalance in our body and there's nothing wrong with you. I think that's so important that we just let women know just because you have postpartum depression or just because you struggle with Demer does not mean that you are a bad mom or a bad human being. It is a imbalance in your body that needs to be worked out and taken care of. So with that being said, let's go ahead and jump in and explain my two stories. Before I gave birth to Jackson, I had never encountered anybody that experienced postpartum depression, at least not that I knew of. I'm sure there are people within the groups of people that I hung out with that may have experienced it. Maybe my own mom experienced it, I don't know. But nobody openly talked about it. And it wasn't until I had attended a workshop before Jackson was born that I started hearing about postpartum depression. At the time, I was thinking, oh, there's no way I'm going to go through postpartum depression. I'm a happy-go-lucky person. My life is pretty good. I think I got this. I'll be okay. It wasn't until after I had Jackson that I realized the weight of postpartum depression. I never understood that something like that could be out of my control. It manifests itself so differently in each individual. And for me, it wasn't like I was in this dark space of, oh, I want to die or I want to hurt myself or I want to hurt my child. It wasn't like that at all. It was more of being scared that Jackson was going to stop breathing in the night, being scared that I wasn't going to hear Jackson if he needed me. And that fear became this compulsion to pray over Jackson, the same exact prayer 
prayer every night. If I didn't say that prayer, I would not be able to sleep. I would lay awake and watch Jackson breathing. And if I couldn't see his breathing happening, I would lay my hand on his chest to make sure that he was breathing. And I would sit there and I would cringe and want to cry each night because I could not sleep. It began to rule my life. The thoughts of wanting to protect Jackson, which is totally normal. We all have this instinct to protect our kids, but mine became this compulsion to want to overly protect him, especially at night. And I thought by me praying the same exact prayer every night, that affected whether or not he was going to be protected or not. So it becomes this like mental mind game and it really started to mess with me and I became just a mess. Now, if you were someone who knew me at the time that Jackson was born, you probably wouldn't have recognized this because I didn't talk about it. I didn't openly share how I was feeling, but it was an internal struggle every single day. And that lasted up until probably he was six months old. And then I was finally able to break myself out of praying that prayer over and over again. And I would force myself to just not pray it. And I was able to really work out some of that stuff. I think a lot of my postpartum depression though sprang from what happened in my birth and after when Jackson was in the NICU. I had kind of a traumatic birth experience with him. I went through, like I told you guys earlier in a podcast, 40 hours of labor, three and a half hours of pushing ended up with a c-section and Jackson ended up in the NICU because a doctor mistakenly thought that Jackson was struggling with epilepsy. Thankfully after a bunch of tests and everything he was determined to not have epilepsy and he was given a clean bill of health but because of that experience I think that kind of triggered this emotional response and that trauma that I went through brought forth that postpartum depression plus all the other hormonal things that were going on in my body, I'm sure, added to the mix of that. That all gradually went away and I felt like a weight was lifted off my chest once it did. And I felt like I was able to really live and enjoy Jackson and my moments alone and my sleep and things got into a really good rhythm. And then I had Luca and I was really planning and expecting for the worst because I thought, okay, my postpartum depression is going to come back again. I'm not going to be able to sleep because I'm going to be worried and the cycle is going to start over. But that cycle never came back Instead, something came in its place. And with Luca, I had a wonderful birth experience. I've talked to you guys about that before. You know, it was still a very long labor, lots of pushing, but it wasn't traumatic. It was a very redeeming birth. And maybe someday I'll open up and talk more about my birth story with him and how it was a story of redemption. But for now, just know like that was a very great redeeming birth. But very quickly after I began nursing Luca and kind of got into a groove of feeding him, I started to notice something else that I was feeling. I knew it wasn't postpartum depression because it didn't feel like the postpartum depression that I was having with Jackson. It felt more like anxiety. It felt more like me wanting to crawl out of my skin, me feeling uncomfortable with my skin, me wanting to run away. And I felt homesickness. And it was only for short bouts of time. And it was very specific times only when I was nursing that I felt these things. And I had no idea what it was until I started talking to one of my very good friends back in Indiana. By opening up and sharing with her, I ended up learning that this thing that I was experiencing 
was something called Demer. And the only reason she knew about it is because she struggled with it too, with her son. You may be unfamiliar with this term too, so I'll go ahead and explain what Demer is. Demer stands for dysphoric milk ejection reflex. It's a brief dysphoria prior to the milk drop. So that moment when your baby is suckling and your milk is getting ready to drop, your dopamine level drops, and a lot of different hormones are going on in your body at the moment and you start to feel a big emotional response. It can last for several minutes. It may produce this hollow or churning feeling in the pit of your stomach and it manifests itself in three different ways, depression, anxiety, and anger. Not everybody feels the same level of intensity of Demer. And not everybody feels depression, not everybody feels anxiety, not everybody feels anger. And some people feel a symptom of all three. It's not one size fits all. It's very in tune with your body, your hormones, and the way your body reacts to the drops of your hormone. So within the three categories, beginning with depression, there's different levels of depression that you can feel. On one side of the spectrum, you can feel just homesickness or hopelessness or self-loathing. And for me, for depression, I was more in the homesickness category. I never felt self-loathing or hopeless. It was always just feeling uncomfortable. You know that feeling in the pit of your stomach when you're just homesick, you want to be somewhere where you're comfortable and you're having a hard time really finding a comfortable space. That's what it felt like for me. And I want to say again that it was not postpartum depression that I was experiencing. You can experience depression outside of postpartum depression. And with Dimmer, this is just one of the ways that it manifested itself, a form of depression. And that form of depression I was experiencing was homesickness. I'll talk more about that later. The second way it can manifest itself is through anxiety. The two different forms of anxiety you can experience are restlessness or on the other side of the spectrum is dread. I never experienced dread, but I felt restless. I was always ready for him to finish up and hurry. And even still, I kind of experienced that too. Like, I just want him to finish. I just was restless. I could not sit still. I could not focus. I could not just enjoy him. And the last way that it can manifest itself is within anger. And the two different ways you can have tension and agitation or hostility and aggression. I never experienced hostility or aggression. I never felt angry at my child. It's not his fault. In my head, I knew it wasn't his fault. It's just something that I was experiencing because of hormones. I did feel tension and agitated. I felt a little bit of each, but mine was never on like the extreme end. It was always like just little bouts of uh, homesickness restlessness and tension and I'm very thankful for that. If you are someone that has experienced it on the other side of the spectrum, there is no judgment. You cannot help the way your body reacts to things. You cannot help the way your body responds to these chemical reactions that are going on. Yes, there are ways that you can seek out help. It is hard to physically force yourself to stop feeling the way that you feel. As I was explaining earlier, when your milk releases, your body has a dopamine level drop. And dopamine is a neurotransmitter. A lot of you have probably heard of how dopamine plays a role in feelings of pleasure and how serotonin levels influence depression. Not only do dopamine and serotonin levels influence influence our moods. They also influence how our heart beats, how our lungs breathe, and how our stomachs digest. 
everything that we eat. First, let me take a step back and explain what neurotransmitters are. So neurotransmitters are chemicals that are released from our nerve cells to other target cells to communicate information. So dopamine plays a lot of different roles in the brain depending on the location. In the frontal cortex, dopamine acts as a traffic officer by controlling the flow of information to the other areas of the brain. It also plays a role in attention, problem solving, and memory. And you've probably heard of how dopamine plays a role in things that give us pleasure. So if you were to eat a piece of chocolate, dopamine would be released in some areas of the brain, allowing you to feel enjoyment, motivating you to eat more chocolate. Serotonin is known as an inhibitory neurotransmitter, meaning that it doesn't give the next neuron the signal to fire. Serotonin is involved with mood as well as your sleep cycle, pain control, and digestion. In fact, the majority of serotonin in the body can be found in the gastrointestinal tract and only about 10% is actually found in the brain. Now, as you can imagine, if there is an imbalance within the dopamine and the serotonin levels, that is where depression happens and that is also where dimmer can happen. The difference between postpartum depression and dimmer is that dimmer is always a physiological reflex and it always manifests itself emotionally. A mother can have both dimmer and postpartum depression, but they are separate conditions. Postpartum depression treatments do not treat dimmer. It was tricky trying to figure out how to handle my dimmer. With my postpartum depression, there were things that I definitely knew I needed to be doing. I would try to get more sunlight. I would talk to my support people that were in my life. I would try to eat a balanced diet and there were things that I knew that I had to do. With dimmer, it was something that I had never heard of and I only knew one person that had struggled with it. And even for her, it was something that was still pretty unknown. So I didn't have a whole lot of things to jump off of. I just kind of had to figure it out as I went. So I tried to take on some of the things that I did with my postpartum depression, but I also knew it was emotional response to what was happening in my body. So I needed to pay attention to the emotions that I was feeling and really try to find a way to counterbalance some of those emotions that I was feeling. A few things that worked for me was diet. I needed to make sure that I was eating foods that were healthier for me. If I had a bad week and I was just eating pizza and greasy foods and all that stuff, I noticed a difference in how I felt. If I was gorging myself with chocolate cake or chocolate ice cream, I knew that it wasn't going to help me. But I found that when I was eating more smoothie bowls or salads or refreshing things, it was able to not have to fight through all of that crap that I was putting in my body originally. But a key thing here is I did splurge every once in a while because one of the ways that you can help your dimmer is by doing things that helps your dopamine level rise. So for me, chocolate. I love chocolate. And that was something that became kind of a ritual, drinking tea and eating chocolate-covered almonds or a dark chocolate bar. So I knew that if I was to sit and have a small treat and not gorge myself, I would feel better. One of the ways that I could help the feelings that I would have with nursing was I would lay down on my side and nurse him rather than sit up and hold him because it was a place of comfort for me to be able to lie down on my side and feel as if I was going to drift off to sleep with Luca, it helped me. And actually that recommendation came from a friend, a very good friend. She is studying to be a La Leche Lake leader and 
and she knows what it's like to struggle with anxiety and she was able to give me really good advice and encouragement about breastfeeding and that drop that I was feeling. I always tried to get some exercise in. I was making sure I was going out for walks, getting fresh air before I got cleared to work out and then once I was cleared to work out I started adding in yoga because I knew it was something that I could help kind of control some of that emotional stuff that I was feeling, some of the anxiety and the agitation. So that was something that was huge within helping me with my demer or not treat it necessarily but balance it. I noticed out of everything though the thing that helped me the most was having a good support group. So having my husband to talk to, my friend Kelly, my friend Caitlin who experienced it, it was great to be able to have people around me that could understand and encourage me and show me love and show me grace when I needed it most. These are just some of the things that helped me. I read that you can also use herbal medications and there are prescription options but no product is medically approved and I recommend talking to your doctor about that because I know that there's some of these medications that could actually mess up your breastfeeding journey with your child. So definitely seek out treatment options from your doctor. But at this point, there's nothing medically proven to really help treat this. They said that the most effective treatment is being aware of what you have and understanding from people around you and really just educating yourself on how to naturally make your dopamine level rise and increase your serotonin level. I want to bring my friend Caitlin on to the podcast now. I met Caitlin when living in Indiana. We have a really funny story. We actually met each other at a restaurant. Our kids were the spark to our friendship and it was so fun to be able to have that story with her. How we just randomly met in Cheddar's and hit it off and we became really great friends and now she's somebody that I deeply, deeply care about and somebody I consider as my very best friend. So Caitlin has a son, Emerson, and he is 10 days older than Jackson and she experienced Demer in her journey with Emerson. She's the one that helped me understand that Demer is what I was experiencing as well. Caitlin is a stay-at-home, work-at-home mom. She has an amazing business in photography. She sells Monet. She is just somebody that pours her heart and soul into everything. I am indebted to her. She is a wonderful friend and has been such a close companion as I go through this journey and figure out and I couldn't be more grateful for her. So without further ado, let's bring Caitlin on and she's going to explain a little bit about her journey, how she got through it, some of the things that helped her and how she figured out Demer is what she was experiencing. Thank you so much, Caitlin, for joining me today on the podcast. I'm really excited to have our listeners hear your story and get to know a little bit about who you are. Thank you so much for having me. It really means a lot that you would think of me, and I feel honored to share my story, and I hope that it helps someone or touches someone or helps them feel like they aren't alone. Absolutely. And you and I connected at a point in time in our lives where we were both at like the peak of our postpartum depression because we were both a year in. And knowing yeah. knowing your story as well as I do and you knowing mine, I think it's going to be really exciting to be able to share both of our stories for everyone and see, you know, you don't have to walk through this alone. There's definitely people out there who want to love and support and stand beside you and who can relate to your story. Mm-hmm. 
I agree. Let's go ahead and jump in and share your story. I think it's important to share some backstory here. I have always struggled with depression and anxiety, although I didn't know it for most of my life. Hindsight is always twenty twenty, and um, looking back, I, I realize now that that experiencing, I probably in 2012 really realized that I was struggling with depression and anxiety, and Emerson was born in 2015, so prior to his birth, I kind of knew what it was like, and I wondered if I would struggle with postpartum depression. During my pregnancy, however, I was completely normal. My hormones were completely balanced, which was really odd for me. Most people warned me, they're like, your pregnancy is going to be crazy, like your hormones are going to be crazy, you're going to be craving all of these things, and it just wasn't like that for me. My pregnancy, thankfully, was super easy. I loved being pregnant. I didn't really experience too much depression during that time. Fast forward to his labor and delivery, it was a really traumatic experience for me. I started laboring on active labor on Tuesday and didn't have him until Saturday morning. And most of that was unmedicated, just working through that with my midwife and my husband. I was just exhausted. I was sleeping between contractions. For You know, I could fall asleep in two to three minutes and wake up and have another contraction. Like, that's how exhausted I was. I had Emerson. Obviously, when you're exhausted and when you don't have an opportunity to catch up on sleep, that plays into, that plays, it's a direct correlation to your sort of like mood swings and irritability and depression, if you will. So I had Emerson after a super long labor and delivery, and then I was thrown right into breastfeeding. That was just a whole other learning curve. I didn't prepare for breastfeeding at all, which now for the second one, I will. For Emerson, we didn't. And so that was hard. Emerson had a tongue tie, which we didn't know about right away. And so he his latch was never correct. And I knew nothing about it, right? First time mom. And so that was hard. And then was in the hospital. Just had just had Emerson. We were working out, breastfeeding. You know, all of these, this, these changes happened almost instantly, it seems. Like you have nine months to prepare for this baby. But it seems like everything hits you at one time. And so I had this new little life I had to take care of. I couldn't function myself. I was exhausted. I was in a foreign body. I felt like my body wasn't prepared to take care of him, even though it was. It was just this weird juxtaposition. And then we went home. Of course, I was still exhausted, right? And so then life began as a family of three. And thankfully, we had great family support. So my mom was there. My mother-in-law was there. I'm from a huge family. Uh, My sisters came and helped. And obviously, my husband was a, a wonderful help. But I felt so alone. I was so alone. It was really just an odd feeling. And I can remember maybe two weeks after he was born, I had been woken up, you know, like Emerson uh, going back to breastfeeding. Like, I didn't know what was going on. I should have sought out help from a lactation consultant a lot sooner than I did because he just wasn't latching correctly. His feedings would last hours sometimes. And he just was never getting full. And I was never emptying. And I was a mess. 
like I was nipples were bleeding I was engorged I was just in a lot of pain and every time I breastfed I also had these just these suicidal thoughts I was homesick I mean it was just these rush of emotions whenever he started to breast and I thought I can't do this and so one morning I woke up and I'd been woken up to breastfeed and I hadn't caught up on any sleep right I was still getting an hour or two at a time maybe three and I said can we take him back and I couldn't believe I couldn't believe those words left my mouth yeah it definitely it's hard when you're in that place of I just can't do this I can't function I can't live the rest of my life like this in that moment you feel like oh my, my life is never going going to go back to the way it was because yes. we're so stuck in that mindset of the depression and the exhaustion and the and what you were experiencing at the time was the demer and you didn't even realize it until mm-hmm. later and yeah so I can understand and relate so much when it comes to having those feelings of like can I take him back yeah and it's unfortunate that we feel that way but it just, you cannot help how you feel when the exhaustion mm-hmm. and the postpartum and the demer all sudden. Yeah, it all kind of creates this perfect storm. And of course, you don't really feel that way, but in the moment you do, and that's kind of the sickness of it. It's like, you're not yourself, and, and it's hard for others to understand unless you've been there. And of course, I didn't know what was going on at that time, but later I came to find out that it was called dimmer and it took a while I remember I went probably at week three or four to my midwife and and then we also did like a lactation control at the same time I told her what I was experiencing and I, I I remember saying why didn't you tell me why didn't you prepare me for this is what I said I mean I wasn't trying to be um, rude or anything I just was I was so blindsided by becoming a mother and all of the emotions that were going on and the depression and the dimmer and anxiety and feeling like such a failure in all of it. It was a hard pill to swallow and I felt like I was ill-equipped for it. I started talking to other first-time mothers and they had experienced the same thing, like this complete blindside when they became a mother. And of course, I, everyone doesn't have the same story, and, and you, there's no way you can possibly be prepared, you know, because everyone is so different. But I just want to reach out to those first-time moms and tell you that if you're in the trenches right now and you're going through this, that you aren't alone. I think with, with social media like it is and picture-perfect lives that we're disillusioned to what life is really like. No one wants to air their dirty laundry. And I think a lot of women are afraid to kind of speak out and, and say what's really going on. But I think if we did all do that, we wouldn't all feel so alone, you know? You just want to know that someone is there with you in those moments. Absolutely. And I am so thankful that you shared that. We're so vulnerable and honest with what your experience was like. I think that it's so encouraging to hear those words. We are disillusioned when it comes to social media because moms will post these beautiful postpartum pictures and these floral gowns and their makeup done and these perfect latches like first moments at breastfeeding and it's just not the reality of what it is like for everybody maybe some people have these beautiful moments but I can Mm -hmm. tell you that not every moment is beautiful in the beginning and that's okay yeah yeah and 
I think that was, was a hard pill for me to swallow because I am a perfectionist and I felt like I was failing. I, and I think that's sort of where my anxiety started was that I wasn't keeping up, that I wasn't doing a good job, that I wasn't a good mother, that I wasn't a good wife, and that they would be better off without me. It was hard. You know, I felt like I was failing at breastfeeding, that I wasn't um, giving Emerson what he needed. It's just, you feel that mom guilt, and I think that was the difference between postpartum depression and the depression that I have felt for most of my life. It's just that I, I felt a sense that I wasn't ever going to be enough for Emerson. I call it mom guilt, and I think that was the key difference in those. For your postpartum depression, what were some of the things that you felt really helped you get through some of those hard moments? Um, There were multiple things that helped me in my journey. The first being, I just learned that I needed to prime my day. And what I mean by that is I need to start my day having a good mindset. Your mindset is your key to success in any endeavor. And so certainly with depression as well, you want to make sure you're starting your day well. So I would just start my day with daily affirmations and prayers that would help me and that just gave me a good outlook and perspective on the day. So just trying to maintain a good perspective. And then I also, if I found myself kind of in a bad day and a funk that I couldn't get out of, I learned that it was okay to ask for help. And that is so hard because when you're in it, you you feel alone and you just want to be alone. And you don't know how to ask for help because you don't know how to explain it and you don't want to explain it. You don't want help. You're in a weird spot. So I learned that I needed to ask for help regardless of how I felt. Um, my husband, John, is actually really good at recognizing my bad days now and will usually just take Emerson out for a few hours and that sort of help. But then also auditing what I was putting into my body and putting onto my body as well because there are different, I mean, different products like deodorant, lotions, and shampoos and stuff that are indicated endocrine disruptors that will actually that disrupt your hormones and it can throw you off balance. So I learned that putting more naturally based things on my body and into my body all help tremendously as well. I didn't realize that was something that could make the hormones worse. Mm-hmm. But that I makes sense. Sorry. I didn't either until one of my good friends brought it up to me and I started researching it a little bit more and got more into it and it's helped. No, it's definitely helped me that's for sure being three years into motherhood how do you notice the difference of your postpartum depression has it gone away significantly do you still struggle with it is it changing back to maybe regular depression or is it getting better altogether that's a great question and it's definitely gotten better I've, I've gotten more sleep and I think that has changed things tremendously but I still have really bad days gotten more fluid so I don't there's not such a distinction between postpartum depression and and what I experienced before regular depression I still have really bad days and I think that's just part of my DNA at this point but I try my hardest to still get through and function it's gotten a lot better but it's they're still there and it's I think it's something that I'm always going to live with and I'm at peace with that but I just try to maintain a good perspective and have a great support system around me because that does make all the difference absolutely I will agree with you that in my experience it definitely hasn't fully gone away and also I am newly postpartum five months so yeah 
it I think it comes back differently with each child but for me after Luca you know it's mostly experiencing Demer and that's kind of fizzled out a little bit because I notice I don't feel those drops of the dopamine uh, as wonderful. much anymore but there is still that- a little bit of postpartum depression I I wake up and some days it's really hard to function like today I mm-hmm. definitely have been feeling more of the blues and not not the blue baby blues like I guess it is more depression it's hard to overcome it completely and I think it's something we'll always struggle with a little bit but it does get better in those moments we can feel so hopeless Mm -hmm. but my encouragement is just to keep fighting it because it does get better yeah yeah that would be my encouragement as well speaking to anyone who thinks they have it everyone has bad days don't lose hope yeah Listen to this podcast again and again if you need to, but don't lose hope because it, I, I know those dark days. I remember four weeks postpartum with Emerson and I sat on the couch and I was Googling the least painful ways to kill myself. And I can remember feeling the most hopeless I've ever felt and wishing someone would just lift me up and told me. But of course, you know, I would never tell anyone that yeah. I was going through all of this. And, and if I could have found a podcast like this that would have just encouraged me, it would have been life-changing for me in that moment. And so I hope this touches someone that's going through it right now in the yes. trenches, that you are needed here. And desperately wanted and, and loved. Mm-hmm. Wow, I, I have goosebumps just hearing that message. I'm glad that you didn't follow through with, with that plan um, in those desperate moments and you are so important and you've changed so many different lives. You are such a light in so many people's lives. Thank you. I, I feel the same way about you. I'm so thankful for your friendship and your guidance and your light perspective in some of my darkest times as well. Thank you. I, I do want to you know follow up with what Caitlin said. Don't lose hope. Don't live in that hopelessness. If you are struggling with depression and suicidal thoughts, reach out to somebody. Do not be afraid. Nobody will judge you. They are there to help you and love you. There is light at the end of the tunnel and you will reach that light. It might take a while, but you will get there. Know you are loved and thank you so much again, Caitlin, for joining me today. I look forward to hopefully some more podcasts with you in the future. Yes, I would love it. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a joy. Postpartum depression, demer, and anxiety and All of these things that we feel after we have our babies are not something to take lightly. They're very serious. It's challenging to live daily with these things. It's challenging enough being a mom to little humans who you have to worry about and care for. And when you throw something like depression in the mix, life is hard. It is not easy to be a mom. Whether you stay at home, whether you work full-time and you're a mom, what you do is hard. It's hard to manage the depression. It's hard to manage the anxiety. It's hard to manage the dopamine level drop and the imbalances in our bodies. And oftentimes we have no idea what's even going on in our own body. We are foreign in our own bodies, which is so crazy to think about. Sometimes we go undiagnosed. We don't even realize that we're struggling with depression. Sometimes we just think we're exhausted. But the truth is, 
that each of us experiences something within our motherhood journey. No motherhood journey is perfect and that's okay. You're not a bad mom if you experience postpartum depression or demer or anxiety. You're just a human experiencing imbalances. You are a great mom and your journey is not a bad journey. I encourage you to find people who love and deeply care for you and really hold tight to those people during these crazy times. We need a tribe of people to surround us in motherhood because it's not a job that can be taken lightly. It's hard and challenging, even without depression in the mix. Keep on doing what you're doing. You are an amazing mother. Your kids are so blessed to have you. But I think it's really important that you start taking care of yourself too. And I'm still learning this. I am not perfect at it. I still do not care for myself in the way in which I should. Some of the ways that you can be caring for yourself starting this week are getting out and getting fresh air, taking a shower right when you wake up, get the kids breakfast going, get the coffee going if you need coffee to, you know, get your day started. But take a shower early in the morning, get yourself cleaned up. I'm telling you, you will feel so much better. And yeah, some days maybe you don't want to get ready. Some days it's easier just to throw on your sweats or your workout clothes and just go on with your day. Do some small meditating in the morning. Sit down on your yoga mat or on your carpet and just do some breathing exercises. These help me tremendously. It's something that I really love to do in the morning to stretch out my body and I'm not perfect and most days I forget to do it because I have two babies crying at me in the morning but it makes a huge difference if you start your morning out with meditation and prayer and breath exercises and stretching. It gets your body moving and going. Another thing is making sure that you are nourishing your body. Eat foods that nourish your body. Yes, that pizza looks delicious. Yes, there's a time and a place for you to eat that chocolate cake, but really fuel your body because you are fueling your children by being fueled yourself. Make sure that you are getting adequate sleep right now. I should not be the one telling you that because it's 1041 at night and I should be sleeping, but here I am doing this podcast. Get a good amount of sleep. It will make you feel so much better and it helps counterbalance some of that depression, some of that anxiety. And make sure that you are doing things that set your soul on fire. Don't lose who you are while you are raising your children because your children still need you. They need everything that you are and you are their stars, their moon, and their sun. But make sure as you are being their stars, their moon, and their sun that you don't lose yourself in the process because they still need you and all the things that you bring to the table. When you choose to love yourself, you are helping yourself become a better mother. When you choose to give yourself time and refresh yourself, you're opening up space to become a better mother, to be able to be more present for your kids and for your husband. So make sure that you're doing something for yourself today, even if it's just something small. Maybe it's sneaking into the closet and sneaking chocolate-covered almonds. Do something small for yourself today. Take a shower, get good sleep, hug your kids, hug your husband, go on a walk, listen to a podcast. Make sure that you're taking care of yourself today so you can be the best mom that you can be. I just want to thank Caitlin so much again for coming on the podcast today and sharing her story and letting you guys get a glimpse of what her experience was like. Thank you for listening to my experience. My experience may be so different from yours, but I hope that through talking about my experience, you can 
be open to understanding how diverse and different postpartum depression and anxiety and dimmer are within the human body. Know that you are loved and supported and cared for. And like I said earlier, you're doing a great job, mama. Keep it up. I hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you guys so much again for coming to this podcast and supporting me. If you would like to leave a review and rate this podcast, great. If you would like to subscribe to this podcast, welcome to the Raising Wild family. If you would like to support this podcast, there is room for that too. Just go to the Anchor app and you'll be able to see how to do that. Thank you again for letting me do this and follow my dream. I really hope to be salt and light in the motherhood world. My hope is that I can encourage at least one of you today. All of my love.